0: You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai I 103.8. Hi guys, welcome to this podcast now. Uh, on Thursday, of course, on the show we were celebrating all things Diwali and we had to mix in some Bollywood with Sneha. We also took a look at uh, the latest Hollywood releases and brunches were very much on the menu with AJ. Do enjoy the podcast and don't forget to join me live on the show weekdays from 11 o'clock only on Dubai Eye 103.8.
1: This is Dubai
0: I 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. You certainly are on a Thursday, Lunch with Lloyd, and we start thinking, of course, about what we're going to be getting up to at the weekend, and I'm sure on a lot of people's menu will be the cinema, and that's where William Mullally, our fantastic movie critic, uh, comes in. I'll say good morning to you, William. How are you?
2: I'm good. How are you?
0: Very good, sir. Uh, now, this movie that we're going to talk about uh, has got one amazing cast, or what? I mean, everybody's in this one.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So this movie is not out till next week. It was delayed a week. It is out internationally. So it is a big conversation in the movie world right now. And I think, you know, there's been debate about it. I think we're also... Because it's really trying to do something new. It's Marvel's Eternals. Yeah. Um the latest in the ongoing Marvel saga really setting up the future of Marvel and it really does i think push new boundaries so it's generating some fierce debate in the fan community.
0: Okay, I mean just looking at some of the names in there Richard Madden um is in it uh, Don Lee Kit Harrington uh Angelina Jolie of course and Salma Hayek uh, it, they've really put together an ensemble cast here.
2: Yeah, really and I, I think that that is due to you know, the nature of the film, and I think the nature of the director. Um, so it's brought to us by Chloe Zhao, who herself, I think, is among the A-list names that's involved in this project. You know, she is a Oscar winner. Just this year, she won Best Director and Best Picture for Nomadland. So it's yeah. insane that she was able to immediately, you know, parlay Nomadland into this Marvel big Marvel film. Of course, she filmed it you know, before she won the Oscar. But I, I think Marvel saw something in her, because she'd mostly worked with Non-actors, with Nomadland. Frances McDormand was the first you know major actor she ever worked with. She did you know smaller indie films, and then all of a sudden is on this grand scale, talking about these you know ancient beings who've come to Earth at the dawn of humanity, and stayed here you know keeping humanity protected from the deviance. So it's it's this big cosmic you know universe origin story from Marvel, and it feels you know there are parts of it that feels Marvel, um, but there are also parts of it that just feel like nothing else we've seen before.
0: All right, let's have a quick listening on the trailer to this one, Eternals.
3: We have watched. And guided. We have helped them progress. And seen them accomplish wonders. Throughout the years, we have never interfered. Now.
0: So there's a little clip, then, of uh, Eternals. Um, as, as we've said, an amazing cast. And, uh, William, um, you're the guy that speaks to the big names. Who have uh, you managed to catch up with to talk about this movie?
2: Well, so you may have heard in that trailer the voiceover from one Salma Hayek, you know, at this point, a legend of film. Yeah, And a, the woman that I think most men grew up being in love with and probably are still in love with her <laughs> Even today. She's just one of those people. She's just got this great, you know, pure energy, and I think that's why they wanted to bring her in because there's something about Thomas Hayek that just brings a, a warmth and a familiarity. And in you know casting this you know gigantic, epic you know spanning centuries, they needed to have a leader, and they wanted that leader to feel compassionate they wanted that leader to have a heart they didn't want you know to just perch this up with another you know superhero in fact in the comic books this character was a man and they were like no we want we want something we want something warmer we want only salma hayek and you know when i spoke to her about it she was i think so surprised to get this call but after she you know heard the pitch i think it made a bit more sense there she says so you're
3: going to be playing uh, an eternal." I said, like, like, like this one of the superheroes, she said, yeah, and, uh, and I'm like, I almost couldn't even hear the things she was saying. And, and um, you're actually the leader of the superheroes of the Eternals. Yes, in, in the comic it's a man, but I always wanted to. So we changed it to a girl. You can imagine my shock, right? And I said, why? Why did you want me? <laughs> I did. I said, why, why me? Why did you think about me? And he said, well, the quality I see for this leader, I wanted to make it different. And I wanted to make it a woman because you have a type of strength that I want for this character. You, you are extremely strong, but there's a warmth to your strength.
0: Uh, I think she's the perfect choice. (laughs) William, I'm sure, going to be flocking to the cinema uh, to see uh, Salma Hayek uh, in in, in this role. But uh, yeah, genuinely, um, shocked that she got it.
2: Yeah, genuinely. And I think a lot of it is just due to the faces that we're used to seeing these sorts of films. You know, it's always, you know, to, to talk about identity, it's pretty much always, you know, just like the... Blonde, blue eyed, white guy. Yeah, seen, chisel you know, jaw. Kind of parody. <laughs> you know, like that's what, like things like um, the boys. We've started to see that as the image and started to, you know, parody that and look at the darker side of that. And really, I think a lot of what Marvel has been trying to do is try to break out of that as much as possible. You know, not just as much as we love the Chris Evans and the Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. There are, you know, heroes of all different you know, backgrounds. And so I think with this film, in casting, you know, Gamma Chan in a lead role, and Kamal Nanjiani, um, Brian Tyree Henry, um, you know, all Don Lee from Korea. Yeah. Really, really diverse cast, all different types of backgrounds. But, and I think some people are accusing that of, oh, you know, Marvel's just being woke. They're just a PC. They're just, you know, so it's just diversity, like in a very cynical way. But when you're a director like Chloe Zhao, you're not... Like, she's an artist, you know, she's not sitting there thinking like, okay, I need to check up some boxes on a form. This is coming from, I think, a real place. And I think Salma, who herself is someone who's skeptical of, you know, when people are cast just to fill a diversity quota, really saw that this was something more real and what diversity really should be.
3: She wanted, you know, diversity, but it was not out of politically correctness, but out of conviction. And you don't feel the integration or the welcome the same way. Almost they're nervous just so that they don't make a mistake in anything they say. But they're not seeing you just as a human being and celebrating just who you are and everything that comes with you. Because you have to understand, not only I'm 55, but I am Mexican Arab. It's in America. It's a tough one. I'm not British. I'm not, you know, I'm not even Spanish. I'm Mexican Arab. And so, but what she liked about me was not, oh, let's cast the Mexican. No, what she liked about me, it, it, it's a personal quality. So it was very easy to get into the character. Um, and she's such a good director. So.
0: Sam Hyatt then, um, talking about getting this uh, role. Is this one going to be doing well, um, you know, uh, alongside some of the other big releases
2: of late? I think at this point, but I I think that every Marvel film, I think will attract the Marvel fans because they want to see what's set up for the future. And we do get, you know, I won't spoil because things have leaked online. Um, we do get some hints at, you know, some big names that are going to be joining the Marvel universe towards the end here. Um, even, you know, Kit Harington, I think has a bigger role to play than here. He's just playing kind of the bumbling boyfriend character. Um, but I do think, First and foremost, Marvel has always kind of operated within other genres. That's something we've talked about before. You know, when you watch Avengers: Endgame, it's a heist film. When you watch, you know, Winter Soldier, it's kind of like an old school '70s spy thriller. It's always a different genre, and this does feel like the first time they've made a pure superhero movie. Mm. And, and that itself is interesting. What about? And I think, but go ahead. Because of that, people are not really sure how to feel about it. You know what I mean?
0: What about Angelina Jolie's role in in this?
2: She is, I think she kind of captures, it does feel like Chloe really looked at the energy of these people. And, you know, while Angelina has this, you know, huge strength, she also has a vulnerability. Um, I think especially she's gotten older, she's gotten better at tapping into that vulnerability on screen. And here we have her as the most powerful of the Eternals, while also the one who is kind of battling the most inner demons, you know, trying to, to get in control of herself. So I think Angelina Jolie is honestly perfectly cast in that, because it does just capture her energy and the things that, you know, she's publicly battled with. Um, So I do think that having those big names a lot of times allows you to look at both the person and the star, and that informs the character. And that's, I think, what makes it smart casting.
0: And Richard Madden as well in there, who I think should be the next James Bond. (laughs) I don't know about you, William, but um, uh, tell me about his uh, role in this movie.
2: Yeah, that's another thing. I mean, that's a spoiler, but it's like... Going back to what I was saying about, you know, they do expect you to be thinking about who these people have played before. There's this great moment in the beginning, Richard Madden and Kit Harington, who both are in love with the same woman, kind of stare each other off. And like they know that you're thinking of, this is the Stark brothers, you know, (laughs) this is Game of Thrones all over again. Um, But I do think that Richard here as a character is playing someone who is, you know, he's he's the big hero, but he's never been the leader. And he's that guy. He's the guy we were talking about. He's the guy with the chiseled jaw who should be the leader. Yeah. yeah. And so I think him battling with that is also a really interesting um, character dynamic. And I think it's also something that really shows, again, the, the complexity that he's gotten since he left Game of Thrones, I think, in his roles.
0: So there we are. That's uh, Eternals uh, then. And uh, Salma Hayek um, appearing in that film, along with Angelina Jolie and many, many other big names listening to lunch with Lloyd on Dubai
3: I 103.8
0: yeah welcome back into it on this Thursday morning we've been talking uh, eternals uh, William Mullally, our movie critic joins us on the show what else do we need to be watching William this weekend
2: There's, I, I think we're finally getting to the point where there's a real plethora of choices at the cinema right now. I think there's really something for everyone, which for me is both exciting, but also daunting (laughs) because I've gotten a bit behind. So there's like four movies that I want to see this weekend. And I'm like timing it out in my head. Like, okay, if I get there in the morning, then maybe I'm going to have to prioritize. That's the thing. So, okay, we'll work this out together. What should we put as number one? I think I'm going to put Spencer at number one. Have you heard about
0: this movie? Spencer? No, no. Tell me about it.
2: Spencer. It's a weird name. Yeah. Because clearly they could just call this Princess Diana and everyone would go see it. But instead they've called it Spencer. Okay. Right <laughs> um, now I'm
0: with you. Now I, now I want to go and see it.
2: Yes. And this is um, – you've probably heard about it. This is um, Pablo Lorraine's film starring Kristen Stewart as Princess Di. And it is a look – did you see the movie Jackie um, with Natalie Portman? Yeah. It came out just a few years
0: ago. Yeah, i seen that.
2: Yeah. So yeah, to refresh people's memories, Jackie was – about, you know, um, Jack Kennedy in the just week after um, Kennedy was shot as she tried mm. to work out um, his legacy as the American president and really just, you know, an intimate portrait, you know, very intimate, just even in the camera, just zoomed in on her face, zoomed in on her emotions on what she was going through in this pivotal point in her life. And so this does the same thing for Princess but it chooses the weekend that she went to the countryside to spend with the Windsors and decided to leave Mm. prince charles yeah and move on in 1991 so it's not a biopic this isn't her entire life her rise to fame her interactions with the three tenors this is something very intimate and i think getting an actress like kristen stewart has gotten a lot of debate around whether or not she's the right person first of all she's not even english <laughs> but she is i think someone who or well I guess, in this scenario but she is someone who i think is really great at capturing vulnerability and in capturing the layers and the depths and the emotions of her characters. And then that goes back to twilight, which I think is a good performance for what it's supposed to be as Bella. And she's only grown and grown and grown as an actress. And I think now is one of the best actors of her generation. So I'm really excited to see what she does. Yeah. with Princess Diana, Because I, you know, even if there's you know, room for debate, it's such a hotly, contested story and also like just a, such a well-known story but it's, it's it's bold to take it on and try to do something new with it so i'm all about bold, and i think that these are bold choices and i hope that they pay off
0: yeah i'm i can feel the tension in this movie already um all right so that's one um thing that we need to go along and see is spencer we've got time for one more william what what have you got up your sleeve
2: Oof, i think we should look at last night in soho which came out um, last week, but I think it flew under a lot of people's radar, especially because there are so many big things to catch up on. People still seeing James Bond, people gearing up for Marvel while still seeing the last Marvel movie. Shang-Chi is still in cinemas and is doing so well. But this is a horror thriller um, from Edgar Wright, the guy who brought us the Cornetto trilogy, Shaun of the Dead, um, etc., who brought us Baby Driver, who I think has long been a a guy who is aching to get into making the most stylish cinema dating back to his early days, partnering with Simon Pegg on television. But really, I think he's finally grown into that director, the director that he always emulated and wished that he could be. And so here he's done an incredibly stylish and a time-bending thriller set in the Soho region of London, following um, a young fashion student who also has a connection across time with, with another woman who's trying to be a star in the past. Um, so it's Anna Taylor-Joy Taylor with Thompson McKenzie, who are both two great young actresses. And so it's definitely a movie that has you guessing. And I've also some people come out of this saying it's brilliant, he's a genius. I've seen other people come out of this saying it's the worst movie they've ever seen, it's a video game, what have you.
3: Yeah.
0: So
2: it's a movie that I really, that's a theme this week, I think. Everything is very controversial. But I, as a film fan and as you know, people listening are film fans, I want to make up my own mind, and I'm sure you do too. So I want to see if we pull this off.
0: Uh, one of our listeners, a rumor, sent in an interesting uh, message. There must be rules about using Princess Diana's name and earning off it. Hence, calling it Spencer. No titles, but relatable to the uh, icon. Very quickly, uh, William, what do you what do you make of that?
2: Oh, uh, possible. Um, it's also possible that they wanted to purposefully, as an artistic choice, try something a bit different um, and maybe look at what maybe uh, make you ask a question what Spencer means and why that was chosen as the title, I think is part of the film itself and part of that commentary. Um, so I, I think there's probably with Pablo Lorraine, probably some layers to that choice beyond just maybe <laughs> a commercial one.
0: Yeah. William, fantastic stuff. Uh, always great to chat with you on a Thursday. That's William Mullally, our movie critic. Have yourself a brilliant weekend. This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye, 103.8. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to the show. And uh, it's a big celebration, of course, uh, with Diwali uh, ongoing. And uh, we're going to mix in a little bit of Bollywood right yeah, now. Yeah, you've got two no?
1: Indian girls with you now, yeah. Diwali. Yeah.
0: trouble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it could be trouble. a movie. Two Indians and a Mancunian. <laughs>
1: Not the one I pictured in my head. But, well,
0: <laughs> Sneha, welcome along to uh, the show. Just talk me through your day. What what's, uh your routine will be for uh, for Diwali?
1: I must confess, I'm a Malayali, so it's not a our uh, festival. Mm. Okay. It's a, a North Indian festival. Yes. But having said that, being Indian, we are very secular and we celebrate. I mean, any chance to dress up and eat good yeah. food, yeah. we don't There's miss it. There's a celebration, if you're Indian, every other day. Yeah. We, we, we adopt, oh, I'm Sikh, Hindu, Gujarat. Let's just celebrate that today. <laughs> right. and, and what do we do for all these festivals? We dress up and we eat. Eat. Lo- eat. We just eat. Yeah. And celebrate music, dance. And then eat again.
0: Yeah. And uh, I'm loving the jewelry. And the is, is, is that special jewelry that you've got yeah. on today? Yeah. It's
1: all special because I think anything Indian, just to add to the yeah. glam. Yeah. 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 And just to feel and it's a celebration any sort of celebration, you just feel this lot of unity and, you know, happiness and yeah. laughter. And there's also, you know, the Diyas, the, the, the beauty about Diwali is it's the, light of fe- the festival the of lights and there are all these Diyas that you light um. up and, the, you know, the, the little kids will burst crackers and, mm. you know, memories of that. I mean, we, had very little of that growing up but now back in Kerala we celebrated just as much uh, with so much passion as we do in Delhi or Bombay or any other city so nice. it's it's you can see that it's no longer a celebration that's just for North India. It's for mm. India.
0: I, I, I feel like I've been on a Bollywood movie set today with uh, everyone that's dressed up. Uh, in. The,
1: yeah, I, I, I must confess, <laughs> I'm a little more subdued compared to our sales and marketing team who've come in like all glitz and glam. They've and gone it's like, for it, yeah, it, yeah. have We've had a lot of uh, you know questions asking whether, you know, are there these celebrities coming from Bollywood? I no,
0: I, I thought they were the actors. <laughs> it's, it's our sales team. Dress uh, the
1: pot. Let's dress that's the part. Maybe so you should amazing. have had them today. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs>
0: Right then, let's get started. Uh, something that you've watched is called Jai Bim, and let's have a listen
1: to
2: it. are
1: Law is <laughs> a very powerful
2: weapon. Yara the the water
1: water,
0: Okay, that's the first um, thing on the menu, so to speak, when it comes to our spicy Bollywood uh, look at the movies, Jai Bim. What do we know about it?
1: Uh, this one's landed on Amazon Prime and it's in the three versions of it. You, you can watch it in Tamil, Telugu or Hindi. So you pick whichever language you want to watch it in. Hmm. Um Remember George Floyd and the massive global outcry about police brutality. So, well, such incidents are not unheard of in India. So we step back into 1995 and the story is based on true incidents about uh, the fight of the voiceless, if I can call them, a tribal woman, you know, lower down in the ranks of the caste system who finds her husband's taken into police custody, but then told one fine day that he's escaped. And there's no sign of where he's gone. And then the struggle is to get justice to that lady to help her find her husband. Yeah. And who will fight the powerful? Who will fight fight the system? So you find a lawyer who steps in to help, help her and help her s- find the truth behind his disappearance. So it's very hard hitting. It's packaged like a typical Tamil masala film. So there's, you know, all those big. Uh, dialogues and there's this massive background score when the hero walks in. Yet I feel it captures the sensitivity of the issue, the the caste politics that, that play out mm-hmm. and also it's about a woman who's not even on the water system. They don't have yeah. the right to have a land. They're just they just exist not even on paper. They're just yeah. there and would you give them the right to live, a right to have a voice of their own? So on a lot of levels, it's very, very uh, pertinent and an important film. And I love like the way that it's packaged in a certain way that it's, despite being mainstream, it retains the voice very, very clearly. And That's it's so a reality. Yeah. That is a reality. And at the end, when the credits flow and then you know the stories come from, the, it, it, these are actual struggles and mm-hmm. this is based on true incidents, it just gives you goosebumps. Yeah. And just to, just to make... It more inspiring for people around around our country to make sure they stand up and make sure that people have a voice. I mean, it's yeah. the basic right yeah. that a person should have, and then to see that unfold. Great performances. The Surya is one of the most celebrated actors down south. He is the one who powers it through, but there are also other performers who've just held their own. And honestly, it's it's a very long, you know, typical mainstream cinema. It's like two over two hours. Mm but you don't um, you don't want to move from your chair because you're like, this This is something, the least I can do yeah, is, just l- is just watch it.
0: Yeah, it's a glowing report then for uh, wow. for Jai Bim. I'm loving that. Now, number two on our list today, something called Call My Agents.
2: Mr. Gupta. He was
1: really cool dude. Swamir always looked over
2: us. We
0: also
4: had the same dentist.
1: Actually, I thought
3: that Swami Ji has died two
1: years ago. Every agent has many actors here. Some superstars, some newcomers, some has-beens. It's a mix bag.
0: There is a very interesting and exciting project in art. Our... Farah Khan wants you for her next.
1: Jackie, sir, Kutte will shoot हूँ। a dog. we Hollywood.
2: The eye is
1: too old for the part. Now script. Without the script,
2: there's movie, actors, actors agents, agents' or nahi clients, our companies 30% if agency. <laughs> corporate audit report? I clearly
1: remember
2: I this, he was our man. He's been saving companies' financials for many years. All thanks to
1: you. This is like a circus without a
0: ringmaster. So there it is. Call My Agent. Um, this sounds like lighter Affair than the previous film. It does, but... But?
1: I've had... I have to give it a thumbs down. Oh. Yeah.
0: I felt felt that coming.
1: A lot of promise, but a lot of fluff. So this is based uh, on a French comedy series called Call My Agent. So this one's called Call My Agent Bollywood, the Bollywood version. Uh, Six part series that's uh, green lighted by Netflix. Story is basic. Every episode, uh, you know, kind of travels and checks how... Agents get find their Bollywood actors their part, whether it's a covers cover picture for a magazine, whether it's a role in a film, a Hollywood project, whatever it takes, they are the agents who find them the money or the project. Just lack like comedy, there's just it's just overacting. Everything seems like a part of, it's very staged. And I just couldn't connect with anything. And this is someone who lives and breathes Bollywood. And I have seen these said agents. I have interacted with some of yeah. them, you know, for interviews and press meetings. And yet I was so disconnected. And I'm like, if the writing is so bland, the performance is so loud, I just don't understand why 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 are we investing in this? And there are all these cameos. There are actors and there's Farah Khan who's a director who steps in as Farah Khan. So a lot of those actors come in as they do. As they've been played themselves and, you know, trying to add the quirks and the fun element to it. But it's all so elementary.
0: My dear Watson.
1: (laughs) <laughs> She's so good at her reviews. <laughs>
0: Elementary, my dear Watson. Right, um, the, very quickly, um, what you're going to be watching?
1: It's the Diwali weekend, of
0: course. Uh, yeah. We
1: have a big movie that's hitting the theaters. Right. It's called Suryavanshi. Yeah. Oh, um, this is this is Bollywood masala at its best. Uh, Rohit Shetty, his cop universe. There's Akshay Kumar. There's Ajay Devgan, Ranveer Singh, all Katrina Kaif. They're all big. Yeah. A lot of music, a lot of um, action, cars exploding into the air.
0: <laughs> Just what you want.
1: I don't, I, don't know, I, I don't know about the story bit.
0: No, cause you don't need to, do you?
1: It's always sidelined. <laughs> it's all about let's get the move going. Yeah, so if let's that's, get in the move. Yeah, if that's what it is. That's Diwali for you. We're
0: going to go for that one. Thank you, Aruma, for your message. The best part of uh, Dubai Dibba, Diwali, <laughs> for those of us who don't celebrate it, is looking up at the lights in everyone's balconies. It's been decades, and I never get tired of it. It brings back all those memories. Happy Diwali. And uh, enjoy the movie. We'll catch you next week for more masala on Dubai I 103.8. This is Dubai I
1: 103.8.
0: You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Welcome back into the show, and uh, Diwali greetings to uh, all of our listeners who are celebrating. Mr. Brunch is with us right now. That's uh, AJ who's going to sort out our uh, um, our needs for uh, dining out in style this uh, weekend. And uh, I'm guessing, AJ, you've probably thrown in something to uh, enjoy for Diwali?
4: Certainly have. Certainly have. There's uh, so much going on. So happy Diwali to to everybody that is celebrating, as you said. Um, We are going to start today at a uh, a special brunch that only launched last thursday just in time for Diwali. yeah um, and it is called desi junction and it's up at uh, zoya bay which is at the Sofitel dubai palm
0: okay um desi junction i like the name and um a brand new one so um tell us all about it what we can expect if we pop over there
4: uh so it's a bit of a juxtaposition so the brunch aims to, to take you back to or anyone that's actually been to, to India, to the loud, vibrant, colourful street markets where, obviously, at every junction you can taste and smell um, everything, but they've set it out on a really nice, calm, cool, romantic, moonlit beach overlooking the palm. <laughs> and so quite okay. a fun there, but really, really interesting. Um, they've also got a singer and a, a live sitar, which is the Indian guitar player and a flute player, to get back to some of those Indian towns. And, of course... Uh, the food on top of that
0: alright sounds good what's what's on the menu then what um, kind of delicacies are we going to be dining on
4: so they've really focused on south indian cuisine they've got things like fish khaliwada uh, kerala fried chicken for anyone who's familiar with that region um, but they've had your staples uh, such as your button butter chicken uh, rogan josh and some lampanier and madras and everything like that as well so uh, a bit of street food lots of curries, lots of spice and lots of aroma
0: sounds good i've been to kerala and uh, the food down there is absolutely amazing so um what's it going to set us back um when it, if we want to pop over to this brand new brunch
4: Okay, so uh, it's uh, it's tonight's a Thursday brunch, so it runs from 7pm till 11pm. Uh, kids under six are free. Uh, kids between six and 12-year-olds are only 98 birims, and adults are 195 birims, which comes with free-flowing masala chai and arasin. Um, and if you do want stronger beverage on top of that, it's a uh, paper consumption basis.
0: OK, loving that one. Uh, Desi Junction, just in time for uh, Diwali. And it's tonight, so <laughs> the perfect one to go along to. What have you got next on your list then, uh, AJ?
4: Uh, so from India, we're swinging across and we're going to Brazil. Um, another newly launched one and it's called Brunch Bilaza. And this place is called Lee Brazil, which is at the brand spanking stunning address beach resort on jbr
0: okay the address beach resort um brazilian cuisine I, I, i've actually been to brazil once but I, I don't know what the food um is 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 like what the typical uh, brazilian food is so uh, enlighten me aj uh so th-
4: this one's a little bit of a twist so the, the name of it is Lee Brazil, which actually is a, a fusion. So this one is half Lebanese and half Brazilian. Because, uh, and I didn't know this. Interesting fact, the largest um, population of Lebanese expats um, in the world actually is in Brazil. Really? Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, I, I, I thought it was all about... Um, you know Portuguese flavours, which obviously yeah. does exist because they speak Portuguese, but yeah, yeah there's a huge Lebanese culture out there. So this one is a, a mixture of the two, and it's a, it's a fusion of both cultures. So um, think of obviously like the warmth and the hospitality that you get in Lebanon with all of the liveliness and slightly craziness of uh, the Brazilians, perfect marriage.
0: Definitely, um, and if you follow <laughs> that'll be another good reason to go along. So uh, tell me a bit more um, when it comes to costing on this one and timings for this brunch below. Uh,
4: So this is a a Friday brunch from 12.30 till 4pm. It's a four-course menu. Uh, Some of the food does sound exquisite, so some of the picanha rumps and and everything, and so it's a mixture between the two cultures. Um, Soft beverage package is 388 dirhams. Uh, The house package is 488, and if you want a top-up for bubbles, it's 698.
0: (laughs) OK, that's Brunch Balaza then at the Address Beach Resort. We've got one more. We're going to the Grosvenor House.
4: We are. And uh, this one is such an iconic venue. And they've, uh, they've finally joined the brunch scene. This one is more, was more traditionally uh, an evening uh, beverage venue, nice and cool. Yeah. Calm. It's Siddhartha Lounge. So this is Siddhartha Lounge by Buddha Bar.
0: Cool. Um, So uh, you're going to be in great surroundings. Um, Why do you think they've left it so long to actually join the brunch scene? Uh, You know, you said it's been more normally known as a place to hang out um, in the evening.
4: Yeah, I'd like to say that they've maybe pivoted uh, because of COVID, but maybe they're just getting on board and everyone's realising that brunches are obviously the the greatest thing on earth. Maybe they're just finally (laughs) realising. All
0: right. So uh, what can we expect from this one?
4: Uh, so it's a, it's a really, again, a really cool venue, but they've gone for a sharing concept. Um, a number of dishes that are uh, from around the world and, you know, very famous for their sushi. They've got uh, some antipasti and olives and burrata. Um, main courses are actually really, really uh, good from what I've seen of the menu. They can choose from uh, Wagyu beef short ribs. They've got the chili chicken or brandino, if you like, some, your pasta. Um, nothing too heavy and stodgy because obviously you are there. Um, two, number one, taking the, uh, the the venue. Um, and they've got a live DJ and c- percussionist and a violinist as well to keep you entertained. But again, this is a daytime brunch, but I'm um, interested to see how it converts um, because, as I said, it's really, really popular in the evening. So let's see.
0: Yeah, the entertainment sounds good as well, doesn't it, with, uh, with all that going on. So uh, what's it going to set us back? Buddha Bar, of course, great place to hang out. Um, what are the prices like?
4: So for the soft beverage package, we're looking at 350. Uh, hops and grapes is 450, and premium and sparkling is 550.
0: Fantastic, sir. Where well, we're going to be doing our Mr. Brunch spotting this weekend?
4: <laughs> uh, so one of two places, if you want to spot us, you can either find us at the Wall Street Brunch, uh, which is at McGedigans, or we'll be at the Hesse Street Brunch at the Radisson Blue. Um, I only find this out once Mrs. Brunch tells me where we're going. She's-
0: <laughs> right, <laughs> Fantastic, uh, AJ. Have yourself a brilliant weekend, and thanks so much uh, for pointing us in the right direction for good food.